0: We want to thank you as we approach your throne of grace with humility and meekness. We want to thank you, Heavenly Father, that as we come low, you are above. We want to thank you, Heavenly Father, that as we are tired, you give us strength. We want to thank you, O God, that as we are weak, Heavenly Father, you empower us. We want to thank you, Heavenly Father, that as we are confused— You enlighten us. We want to thank you, O God, that when we fail, you never fail. We want to thank you, O God, that as we come short, you fill the earth with your weight and your significance. As we fall short, Heavenly Father, you are God. You remain above. Your hand is never too short to do anything. Nothing is too hard for our God. We want to thank you this morning that we approach you as one and the only true God. We want to thank Heavenly Father that you are God and you are God alone. Nobody, Heavenly Father, above you, nobody before you. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you are here this morning. We thank you that you are aware of every single one of us in this house at this time. In the name of Jesus, we want to thank you that you are aware, Heavenly Father, of everybody under the sound of my voice in the name of Jesus. And not only, Heavenly Father, are you aware that we are here, but you know where we are. You know where our hearts are. We know, Heavenly Father, where we are in terms of our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that give us that which we need to move to a level higher than where we are in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are standing here for nothing else but to hear the word of the Lord. We bless you, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. We pray that you speak because we are listening. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, I want to share with you a couple of scriptures today, but just to kick off, uh, if you don't mind, uh, Numbers chapter 13, verses 32 to 33. Numbers chapter 13, verses 32 to 33. Amen. Traditional Greg, Ellie Fuman Lerry, Amen. Ask na Balamonis. <laughs> oh. Sizulu we're sizulu us, I know normally I think. All right. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim, they are descendants of Anak uh, came from Nephilim we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes and we looked the same to them amen, amen. amen. Uh, shall we all stand just for a moment arumela seka amen um, just. Larite Libus Amen. Amen. So I wanted to do that so that nobody should say today's sermon did not move you. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, on Wednesday I I had coffee with a friend of mine who is a, a pastor and a preacher. Amen. Amen. Uh, whenever we meet we we always call that session uh, iron sharpened iron. According a Bible iron sharpens another iron. Oka even if God. amen. So we meet And then we We talk about Our preaching Amen So I say the things that I am thinking The things that are Moving me and he says the things That he's preaching And the things that are Moving him Amen And on Wednesday when we met, he had just been from the gym. So he was a bit late for our meeting, so he comes, he's rushing, and he says, Hey, um, I was from the gym, so but he's already given me a note who is running late, Ozuwago Jimmy. So the first thing he did when we sat for the meeting was to open his phone and say, Hey, look at what I'm doing. You know, these phones, they've got these fancy applications where you can actually see. So I was riding a bike, uh, I did 24, no, I was riding a bike for 24 minutes, amen. Amen. So I'm thinking, hmm, okay. Um, So he says, no, it's better than last week. So last week I managed only 22 minutes, you see. So he shows me the scorecard last week. He shows me the scorecard saw Wednesday when he was training. So, oh, okay, that's supposed to be an improvement. He says, no, 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 it's a big improvement. And uh, not only that, look at um, intensity. So how in my training I was really, really intense. So he shows me on the app something that measures intensity at training. Amen. And from there on, uh, look at the calories I bent. Uh, look at uh, this and look at this and look at that. Amen. Now, Fezar, you know, I am 67 now. If I can get myself to about 62, hey, I'll be happy. He looks fine for me. He looks healthy and fit. Amen. But then we talk about that. Uh, And then he says, man, but why don't we have the same approach for our spiritual life? Because I know where my body is now, I'm measuring it. Why are we not having the same thing for our spiritual life? Amen. So that question I found particularly interesting and I thought, oh, this is a very good basis (laughs) for my sermon this weekend, amen. Now I told him what I, I was thinking, not necessarily what I was going to share today, but you know, the scriptures that are uppermost in my head. We shared them. He was excited. He sent me a load last night and he says, Please remind me about that thing you told me. Uh, I need it for offering. Go, directly, Amen. Now, I wanted to tell him, Please remind me about that which you said about the body and the scorecard. I need it for the sermon today. Amen. So, between here and Lego Bethesda, you are probably listening to the same sermon, but from two different perspectives. Very, very different perspectives. The content is the same, but the perspectives are different. Amen, benefits. Mm-hmm. So, here is what I want to talk to you about. In fact, I'm going to talk to you about this thing as part of a series because there's so much I need to unpack. Let's like a chain will not be enough. I want to talk to you about Abiding and abounding. Abiding and abounding. Abiding means staying with God, staying with Christ. Abounding means growing. Abounding means growing. As you abound, as you fill up, as you grow, as you become more and more as you progress, as you profit. Amen. That's what I'm going to talk to you about. But before, I wanted to reflect a little bit. Now I don't know about you. When I got the news, um, I was I was heartbroken. Amen. You know, there are certain things that God has not seen. Despite him, him being omnipotent and, 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 and omniscient and, and omnipresent, there are certain things God has not seen. God has not seen a sinner who can save himself. God has not seen a situation he cannot solve. God has not seen a substitute for his own son. For our redemption. Despite God being everywhere. Being all things. Being all wise. He He has not seen. David says I was young. But now I'm old. There's two things I have not seen. I have not seen the righteous forsaken. And I have not seen. The children of the righteous. Begging for bread. I have not seen that. David says I have, I have not seen that. That is and come there must be things Banabesu, that you want to say to the Lord I want to grow and I want to die there are certain things I do not want to see uh, yes they happen people can see them but I, I don't want to see I want to have the grace of seeing only that which I have been prepared to see I want to see only that which defines who I am and why I'm on this earth. I want us to be like Halabe Simeon, who, when he was presented with Moranajesu, and he says, Oh, my eyes have seen. I, I've seen the Savior. Your seven can depart in peace. After I've seen the Savior, there is nothing else to see. I, 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 I've seen what I wanted to see. I have seen what I needed to see. I have seen that which I was born to see. I am tired, Basaline, of seeing men of God passing on way before the anoint successors. I it's it's happening too much, again. I've seen a lot of men of God passing, and I can tell their passing is so untimely because after they pass, there's likely to be chaos uh, uh, in, in the church, there's likely to be chaos in the families. I am I am tired of seeing that. I want to say to the Lord for as long as we have not seen a situation that you cannot solve, I also want you to spare me seeing some of these things. I am tired now of seeing suicide. I've seen it very close to my life. I'm tired. I don't want to see it again. I don't want to see it in any of you. I don't want to see it in any way. In I don't want to see it. I'm not saying it's not happening. If it happens, it should happen out. I don't want to see it. There are things I don't want to see. And I want to say this to the Lord. I want to make a declaration. There are certain things I don't want to see certain things I believe I am not born to interact with. I want the grace of God to spare me from not seeing them. Dear God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come before your throne of grace. We thank you that you are a loving and a gracious Father. Heavenly Father, we want to draw Reverend Rivers' family near to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We know him, we have seen him, we walked with him, we loved him, we trusted him with the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, Heavenly Father, we want to draw his family close to you. Heavenly Father, I pray that from now henceforth, open their eyes to only see the hand of God. Everywhere, Heavenly Father, in every area, in every aspect of their life. Open their eyes, O God, that they should see the gracious hand of God, that they should see the redemptive hand of God, that they should see the saving power of the hand of God, that they should see the feeding hand of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we trust you, we thank you, we love you. Amen. Peter says desire milk the milk of the word of God. Desire it so that you may grow thereby. Desire milk. First for the milk. So that you may grow thereby. The Bible says In the book of Timothy, we must grow in grace and knowledge. We must grow. In other words, we must abound. The grace in our lives and the knowledge of God must grow. It can't stand still. 1 Timothy 4, 15. I like this version, Barcelona. Not the King James. I like this version. It will take pains with these things. Be absorbed in them so that your progress or your growth will be evident to all. Your progress, your growth, your success, your development will be evident to all. Take pains with these things, be absorbed in them wrestle with it, take pains with it, follow it up, read it, be interested, hunger for it, thirst for it, so that your progress will be evident, will be obvious for this Christian is growing, is abounding, is progressing, is moving forward. Ephesians four fifteen, Paul says, Grow in all aspects into Him who is the Head, even Jesus Christ. Grow in all aspects. Hola. Amen. Benefits. Grow. Now, where we have read Mubuking, the book of Numbers, we, we read a situation of a group of people who have had the privilege of so many miracles but they are not growing they, they are battling with five difficulties they have seen the 10 plagues they've seen the hand of god delivering them from pharaoh 10 plagues they've seen it. they have seen the parting of the red sea they've seen it. They have seen the the, the, the crossing over of the river Jordan. They have seen it. But they are still having a problem. I don't know how much more must God do. They've seen it, but they are not growing. They are not developing. They are not changing. Nothing is changing. Hallelujah. I want to suggest to you that miracles are not designed for anybody to grow. Amen. Amen? Miracles have not been designed for anybody to grow. Morena Gesso, in one miracle, he raises Lazarus and he says, Father, so that they may believe. And once they still could not believe, they wanted the miracle and he says, well, you're not going to get any other sign because they are not helping you with anything. Amen, Amen. So, Banaba Israeli, they are here, they are stuck. They get a report. And the Bible says here in Numbers uh, uh, 13, it was a bad report. Why was the report bad? The report was bad because it was based on five different mental weaknesses that Banaba Israeli had. Amen, Barnabas. And before we judge them too harshly, uh, we must see ourselves in them. And I've shared this thing before, but in case you missed it, let me remind you. They had five different mindsets by Israel. The first mindset they had was they had a slave mindset or a slave mentality. Now a slave mentality means you are not able to do things independently. You know what a slave is? A slave is somebody who wakes up in the morning, gets told, what to do today bit by bit can't act independently he waits for a whip to be whipped to be given an instruction and he responds to the pain and he does what he's told and he's animated by the pain he's animated by the torture he's animated by the whip not the mind a slave can't do anything for themselves the second problem not only is that they have a slave mentality but they also have a scarcity mentality they are unable to see abundance for them everything is scarce opportunities are scarce, money is scarce everything is scarce If somebody else succeeds, they become jealous because they think that success is all there is. It's a scarcity mindset. They can't give in church because they are afraid if I give, the money I'm giving, that's all I had. The third, they were simple-minded. They were slaves for 400 years. Simple-minded, it means you are not able to see complexity. Everything is as is. You can't see layers of truth. If I tell you something, but let me think about this thing, it's probably a bit more complex than what you say. They listen to the news, they take the news as they are. They listen to a bad sermon, they accept it as it is. They, they don't have a sense of complexity. They don't have a sense that there are always two or three sides to everything. I need to understand this side, that side, and the other side beneath. They are slaves. They can't solve problems because they don't understand complexity. As they see the problem, they can't see the solution. They get paralyzed. Number four, they are small-minded. They have a problem with small-mindedness. So when you are a small-minded person, you can't see big opportunities. Because your mind is small. Hallelujah. Here is a project. Let's develop this and that. Your mind is so small, you already get scared. You withdraw. You can't do that thing because you have got a small mind someone comes with an exciting vision, you you can't. It's very difficult for you. You are a small-minded person. Slave mentality, scarcity mentality, simple-mindedness, small-mindedness. The Bible says this crop, Nebadulako, a place called Goshen. Remember I shared with you the other day where Pharaoh said, well, I'm going to give them a piece of land. Let them stay in Goshen because there, there's absolutely nothing. There's no technology. There's nothing happening there. They will all be heading goats. In other words, I'm going to make sure that they are small-minded. Wait, if I were to come, let's build a bigger church out there. Only 10% of you will understand. 90% will be small-minded. They will leave the church. Because small-minded, the project is too big, it's going to require more money, and we don't have money. So let's leave the church, let's go somewhere else, we'll come back when this church is done. It happens all the time. Hearing amen. Amen. Look, I forced that amen out of you. Number five, they are selfish minded. They can't see life beyond themselves. Everything is about themselves, about their personal self. They, they, they can't share, they can't extend grace, they can't extend brotherhood to the next person. They can't sacrifice for anybody else. It's just, they're just selfish. Amen. Now, when you have a group of people who have been slaves for 400 years, they will think like that. Amen. Now, unfortunately, some of these elements are so common among us. And They're so common among us because we are black people. We have a history where we are kept out. And because we are we're kept out for such a long time, we are small-minded. Amen, Basil. We are so small-minded. Some of you don't believe you can go to Cape Town by yourself. If you can't go to Cape Town, will you ever go to England? You must see about Honolulu Conference. Many of you, you don't even believe you can get there. You are already dead. You are already checked out. It's not because you don't have money. It's not because the conference is not good. You are just small-minded. It's too far, it's too expensive, it's too big. It's for somebody else, not me. You close yourself. Now I'm telling you, if you can't go to Cape Town, you're not going to go to England. Because it's the mind. Amen, Barnabas. Here is the thing which I shared with you. The problem with us is when the system makes us slaves or workers... Or we tend to think like this. Now the system is very cruel, When they start paying you, they are putting you here. Amen? Amen. Now any job where they pay you weekly, hear me and hear me carefully. It's a very dangerous job. Now when I was growing up, my father was working go factory. He was being paid weekly. I hated it because I asked myself, why are these white people being paid monthly and our parents are being paid weekly? Here is a problem, Muslim. When you are paid weekly, the payday is so near. You can't do much with this money. The idea is for you to spend this money because you think, well, in the next five days, I'm going to earn another 500 rent. So I don't have to save it. I don't have to do anything meaningful. If I make a mistake, I'll get another paycheck in a week. That is why but when they did nothing. They achieved nothing because they were paid. Tuesday, we inule fedile, from his own mother. Amen? Amen? I used to work there. I know it doesn't. Because, oh, fuck a Friday. Because Friday is just two, three days, and these things keep going on, keep going on, keep going on, over five years. Then we know there is no progress here. 12 easy. Masiones thrives. to because it's easy., In in the next three days. And they never dismount. You, you can't because it's the mind. Amen. 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 But they tend to be more progressive because they are forced to, to think, they are forced to play. You know, this money must last me the next three weeks. I need to save, put something aside. I need to have a plan to navigate the month. That's why but Amen. Well, it became better when other companies started paying people for fortnight and so on and so on. The point I want to make here is small-mindedness. Now, where we read here, these people now have been given a vision, they've been given a land. When they get to the land, they see this land. Now, it's supposed to be their land. Once they have the land, now they are supposed to govern this land, but they can't think independently. <laughs> now, they think small, and they say, hey, those people are big. We look small to them, but we also look small to ourselves. Amen. Amen. <laughs> That thing, no, it doesn't look anything like us. Those people are going to devour us. They're so big. We look small to them. Now, I don't know how, what idea that this guy gets to say we look small to them. I don't know how I look to you, Bazan. I only know how I look to myself. But once I start feeling small myself and confirming I also look small to you, who told me this? You may be thinking very highly of me. Nah, I I think so small of myself. And I think you also think small of me. So that's what's happening here. Forty years beyond the Jordan River. Didn't change them. They still see themselves as small. They haven't grown. They haven't changed. Same people who left Egypt, they are exactly in Egypt in their mind. Physically, they are very close to achieving their own goal, but in their minds, they are still backwards. Now, when we read Bazalon, they say we are too small. When you go to Numbers, chapter 14 the next chapter 20 to 24 we're not going to read the Bible says God says this crowd the ones who say we are small we are not going to inherit this thing these people are too big that generation is not going to make it They are not going to make it. Now, if you don't believe you can get, go to Cape Town, I'm coming to use that example. You are right. God agrees with you. You are not going to go there. This is what's going on here. If you start pulling yourself down, In terms of anything and everything. God has sent me to tell you you are right. That's where you are going to be. Amen. Amen. You are right. If we were to start Project Mokere King and you don't believe it will succeed, you are right. It will not succeed. That's what's going on here. But is there hope? Yes! Of course there's hope. Your hope is in Joshua 14 verse 7 to 9. And I want us to read it, I'm teaching today. Spare me some time. I I want to, to teach today. Joshua 14, 7 to 9. Why grilling our army? Why grilling our army? All right, so many of you found it. Seven to nine, not seventeen to nine. Seven to nine. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh, Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. I brought to him a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly so that, so on that day Moses saw to me the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. What's going on here? Joshua says well and said something but I saw something according to my conviction. Tumeloyaka helped me to see this thing differently. And from what I see, we are equal to the task. From what I see, we can inherit the land. From what I see, everything is good. The land is for the taking. From where I sit. We are still on track of the promises of the Lord. But this is my conviction. This is what I believe. They believed one thing. I believe something completely different. Which area of your life, to? can you say, that way, that way? Nah. From my sheer conviction, I'm going that way. And it's working for me. The crowd is going there. Now I'm going there because I believe that's the route to go. You must have those things, those dimensions in your life, Bazar. Where in spite of people going that way, you are going that way because you believe it is the right way to go. You believe this is where God wants you to be and you are walking in your conviction. You must have an area of your life where you stand for something. So we find here a different spirit. In the midst of small-mindedness, slave mentality, scarcity-mindedness, simple-mindedness, Selfish-mindedness, there is a different spirit. Different. Now I want us to celebrate Moya. Moya, let's go forward. We will always react in faith and not in fear. This is a challenging situation, but we believe we are on track to achieve greatness with our Lord. This faith is aggressive and it's not passive. Yeah, we are are going. Forward we go. Backward. Never. Amen. Amen. Now, I told you something when I started. My pastor friend said, as much as I want to measure my heart rate, as much as I want to measure my calves, as much as I want to measure my weight, I also want to measure my growth spiritually. Now, you would have thought for this crowd, Banaba Israel, because they walked with God, they've seen the miracles of God. They would have grown in faith. They would have grown in confidence. They would have grown in resolve. They would have grown in, in the sheer passion of wanting to inherit them, that land. You would have thought that. I would have thought that. It's a reasonable conclusion to come to, and you find this thing. Well, man, we are not ready. In fact, we are better off going back. Go Israel. Now You know what it means to go back to Israel. It means God must part it. See Sea again for them to go back. And God said, I didn't sign up for that. You are right. You're not going to go there, but I'm not going to part the Red Sea again for you to go back. So, we need to have a different spirit. Number two, was we need to learn to keep the score. We need to learn to keep the score. Keep the scoreboard. When my friend was so excited, the first thing he came when he sat down there, was to show me the score his weight his heart all of the stuff that he was training for and to say man i am improving i'm still not where i want to be but at least i have improved i ran 24 minutes last week i ran 22 there is growth abounding now paul and peter says we must grow and, 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 but where must we grow and I want to suggest three things and the reason why I want to suggest these three things personally, the Bible says we must grow in all aspects in many things but I want to just talk about three today now the reason why I want to talk about these three is because they are the only things in the Bible that you will get back when you give them Amen I've checked personally. they are the only three things in the Bible that when you give them, you'll get them back. All right, Dr. Kwapola, you have a bad lesson. They're slow. Matthew chapter 5, from verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It continues to say, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Er, blessed are the meek. For they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, they shall be called the children of God. Now there is a pattern there. Here is a pattern. You give something, you get something different except for one verse. In other words, you give poverty of spirit, you get the kingdom of heaven. You give a mourning heart, you get comfort. You give meekness, you inherit the earth. You give hunger and thirst for righteousness, you are filled with hunger and thirst for righteousness. You give a pure heart, you see God. You give peace. If you are a peacemaker, you get a title of a child of God. Except one thing. Mercy. The Bible says, blessed are the merciful, and they receive mercy. They receive exactly that which they And the Bible says they shall. Not they will. Not they may. They sh- shall. It's a loaded gun. It's a, it's a, it, there are lawyers in the house here. You don't write shall unless you are sure of the probability of that thing happening. That's where you use the word shall in legal documents. If you're not sure, you use May so may is a cop out so if it doesn't happen I only said may now the bible says here they shall you give mercy you shall receive mercy where are you in mercy as a child of God if you are keeping the score I agree we are keeping the score our heart rates our calves our our everything now in the spiritual sense the bible says blessed are the merciful because they will get exactly what they give everybody requires mercy you know what mercy is it says you mess up you don't get punished mercy mercy it's one area of my life and your life where we need to start keeping the score To say, what, what is it about mercy that moved God so much that that's when he said, if you give it, I'll give it back to you. What is it about mercy? What is it about mercy? Now, if you go into yourself, you will be amazed at what comes out. And I want to tell you today, you need to abide in the word of the Lord in order to abound in mercy. You must be the one person who spreads mercy because you're going to get it back. And you are going to need mercy. It's life. The second thing, Basalon, which the Bible says, when you give it, you're going to get it back, is judgment. Although it says it in in an opposite way. It don't be don't judge lest you be judged. And in verse two, Matthew seven, verse two, it in the same measure that you give judgment, that same measure will be given to you. Now the, the, the opposite of judgment is forgiveness, isn't it? The Bible says, "Forgive us as." Yeah. So forgiveness and judgment are like this: it's tit for tat. You get what you give. If you are keeping a scorecard of your life, you want to go into this area of your life: judgment. Never be quick to judge anybody. In fact, the Bible says, don't judge anybody. Because the same way you are doing it is going to be done to you. So these are like the basics, the basics, the basics. I want to challenge you to have your own scorecards. Am I growing into this area? There are other areas which I am going to share with you, but these, these basic ones that Mahaana Jesu was sharing in the book of myth, he was basically teaching a new way of being, a new way of being, a basis of ontology, till empire of existing, a new theology, a new mindset, a new worldview. You will be forgiven when you forgive. You'll be judged when you judge. If you were keeping a scorecard on a scale of 1 to 5, on a scale of 1 to 10, where would you put yourself? I'm teaching, I am teaching. The third one, Barcelona, is the one we know very well it's money. You get what you give. It's clear in the Bible. Luke 6 verse 8. Give and it shall be given unto you. So these are the three things if you give them. God doesn't give you something. God doesn't give you an alternative. That, That when you give, God has set up the universe to respond to you. You don't even have to pray. You don't even have to remind God. He set up the universe and the laws of the universe so that if you do these things, the way he says them in the way, you're gonna get them back. I guarantee you one of it. Yeah. On these ones, Barcelona, I can declare I have got this unmitigated <sighs> claim for I'm speaking on behalf of God. <laughs> You give, you will get this back. Amen. Amen. Now the reason why I used my friend as a physical exercise, because I shared with you the other day, if you want strength in your body, you have to give it. Amen. Amen. If you want big muscles, you need to give muscles. So you must go and tell your muscles, give pressure. Give strength. And you're going to get it back. Here I'm saying to you, give and it shall be given unto you. The difference with with, uh, uh, Mark Luke 6 Where the Bible talks about money, He says you will get money back. But what is nice about money is that you will get more. Saying you will get equal measure, but when it comes to money, the Bible says good measure pressed down, shaken together. You you will get more. That's what the Bible says. Where are we with giving? Here is a promise, here is a principle Money, the Bible says, money is a seed We've got a lot of scriptures to teach us that money is a seed You give it You apply faith, you apply patience like a farmer In due season You have a harvest If you don't play according to this principle of Luke 6, I don't know how and where you expect to get money. As a Christian, I don't know how. If you don't do this thing, then you are doing something else. It may work for you. And I use the word may. But if you do it according to the word, it shall work for you. are you keeping the score? Mercy, judgment, and your giving. We we should not be struggling, as a church, to advance the agenda of God, of mercy, of grace, of forgiveness. We should not. We should not even be struggling of giving ourselves out for our communities to help people who are destitute if we are giving. But we are still struggling with giving. Why? Part of the reason is the slave mentality. Part of the reason is the scarcity mentality. If you have a hundred rent in your pocket, I'm using that as an example. If you believe that's the only one you have in your life, you are in trouble. If when you are called to give it, through the word of the Lord or through just God talking to you to say, give, and you are battling with it, the reason why you are battling is because you believe it's the last one you'll ever have. It's a scarcity mentality. It means after I've given, I'm going to starve. Because money is, is scarce. Those are the voices in your head. If you overcome that voice in your head, you substitute that in your head with one that says, This hundred rand in my pocket comes from a source. And this source never runs dry. And this source is everlasting. Is different. To say the source that put it in my pocket wants it to be extended to somebody else. If I extend it, I'm going to get the same thing 10 times. That mindset is different. And that's what I want to invite you to. Don't be simple minded, don't be driven by scarcity. The world is full of abundance. Pastor why are you saying so? It's easy, Basana. God and I conclude when God created the world he did a very fascinating thing. Now, the Bible will use made, created, you know, interchangeably. Sometimes we get confused. But here is the summary of what's going on there. God creates the spaces Or the, the the hemispheres, one space there, one space there, and then God creates three realms, like God physically creates or calls them into being. Is the sky, is the ground or the earth, and the body of water, and He stops there. the sky the ground the body of water and then he stopped there but then he continues in this fashion he says from there let the birds populate the sky so god did not make the birds in the same way he made the sky. He made the sky and pronounced "Who let the base just go there. And then he looked at the ground. He didn't go create the plant in the same way he created the ground. He spoke to the ground and he says, hey, you're supposed to give me these things. And up the came. And then he went to the body of water and he says, I want some things to live there, and then the fishes and the sharks and things like that came into being. God has already set it up, Basala, for when he speaks it, the world will give you what is already spoken? It's, the world is already listening to him, and the things that you need are either up there, or here, or in the water. Amen. Amen. You don't need anything in heaven, brother. That wish comes from heaven. You already received it. That's why we pursue it. But hope, Peter, to be sustained, saying, anything and everything you need for your life, for your existence is up there or here or in the waters. And I'm saying God has already spoken to the waters to do their job. No, trust him with his mind. He's already spoken to the universe to respond to you. Let us not be small mind. Amen. amen abide and abound I'm saying let's grow let's start keeping a scorecard I've given you three things there may be a lot of other things that concern you in your life start measuring your spiritual life and start saying I want to grow start saying, last week I was running 22 minutes. This week is 24 minutes. Last year I was giving an average of 20 rand. This year that is growth. You are growing spiritually. It used to worry you. It used to hurt you to give 100 rand last year. It should not this year. You should push yourself to 150 and so on and so on and so on that is growth and we need to grow we need to abide and abide Paul says let's grow in these things Peter says let us grow Are hole. we can't remain in the same place amen, amen. amen. let's pray There are other areas Banaba, So I wanted to touch on maybe next week. But a part of me says I just need to reflect on them a bit. And I'm I'm talking to you as Banaba Bakereke today. This is not a universal message. This is a message specifically for us as people who worship here. To our worship team. I want to see us grow. I want to see us increase the amount of time to prepare ourselves to serve people. To the media team, I want us to see, I want to use available technology we have, Mokereke. When I see us setting up half the system, I know we are punching below our weight. I know we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. I know we're not spending enough time. I know it's because we are rushing. I know it's because we were late and we just hooked up what we care. And I'm saying that's not how to do it. We must abide and abide. We must make some time, set some time up and grow. We have base speakers. We have all sorts of things. They must be part of our worship service every week. If they are broken, you go fix them. To everybody who is saving us, to people who are in committees, we need to grow in the things that we do. We need to be better and better. We need to do better than what we did last year. I understand last year we had corona. But even in that situation, how we navigated ourselves, we need to navigate ourselves better this year. People talk about the third wave that's coming. We need to do even better there. That is growing. When the enemy brings a challenge, God raises the standards. That is growing. To every one of us, Barnabas, who has been given a task, I want to say, let us measure ourselves. How did I do it last year? How can I better it this year? We have to grow. We don't want to get to a point where people think we have moved, can we have actually regressed. Praise the Lord. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, here we are, every single one of us. We have gone through significant challenges, some of us. We have experienced different types of setbacks and losses over the last years, last few months. It has been rough in so many respects. Father, at the same time, we have also seen your hand working among us. Despite the difficulties, despite the challenges, we saw the hand of God in our midst. We thank you for your abiding and unfailing hand. We thank you, O Jesus. We thank you. Lord, we pray today despite all these challenges and thank you for your grace and your hand, we still want to improve, we still want to progress, we still want to do better in the name of Jesus. We still want to do better, Heavenly Father, in so many areas of our lives in so many areas of our calling. We still want to do better. Dear God, I call your hand once again to guide and lead us. I call Heavenly Father, your word to remind us. I call the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, with whom we travel to refresh us, to to give us new strength to to encourage us, to guide us, to show us the way in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we here we commit that we want to do better. We want to do better. Dear God, we want to improve. We want to give you more. The Bible says to him more is given, more will be expected, more and more. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for what you have given us to steward over. Father, we want to do more. Father, we want to give more. We want to give more mercy. We want to give more forgiveness. We want to give more money, finances. In the name of Jesus, we want to give more of our time. We want to give more attention to the things that matter in your will. Heavenly Father, we want to do more. We commit, Heavenly Father, to do more. We commit to give more, to pray more, to to do more in the name of Jesus, to love more, to extend ourselves more and more, to call somebody else, Heavenly Father, more, to do more in the name of Jesus. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you look at us with grace. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you turn your face towards us. We pray, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you put your hand on our shoulders so that we are Short and we feel that your hand is here with us that you are walking with us that you are ordering our steps in the name of Jesus Christ we pray heavenly father that we don't want to see ourselves ever being in the state where the children of Israel were where the land was guaranteed the milk was guaranteed the honey was guaranteed the vegetation was guaranteed everything was guaranteed. The entire promise was right before their very eyes. But oh God, they were so fearful. They were so small-minded to take it up. Father God, may we never be in that place in the name of Jesus. May we seize moments. May we seize opportunities. May we seize challenges. May we grow and grow and do more in the name of Jesus. May this attitude and mentality, Heavenly Father, grow in us, but also permeate to our children. Let our children see our commitment. Let them see us do more so that they emulate us in our doing, in the name of Jesus. Let them grow with a mindset of abundance in the name of Jesus. Let them grow, Heavenly Father, with a mindset of it is possible with God. Let them grow with a mindset that says we can do it when God is on our side. Let them grow with a mindset that says we are being led by God. Let them grow with a mindset that says the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Let that attitude descend and permeate heaven in the midst of all children. In Jesus' name we pray. As we will be traversing Heavenly Father this week, we pray, Heavenly Father, messes to cover every aspect of our lives in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray, O God, that you bless the works of our hands in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand, Benefiz. Yes. yes, yes.